The Red Room Theater, episode 27, La Bamba. Welcome to the Red Rum Theater, where we watch we watch movies, we love movies. Where we where we watch movies and we watching movies. <laughs> we watch movies, we love movies. We were raised. We were <laughs> we raised. were raised. Like literally taught to walk, ride a bicycle, shave, <laughs> and be uh, finish raised, each other's sentences. Raised by movies, okay? Raised by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can notice how excited we are tonight because we're doing this. Dang. We are your hosts, Ernesto Alanis. And Antonio Marino. And every week, we'll get one of the movies that help raise us up. We'll have that movie raise us right, raise us wrong. But today, we're flipping the script a little bit. Because there ain't no raising us wrong today. No, There's no. nothing in this movie that raised us wrong. Today, it's only right. It's only good. It's only beautiful. It's, it's our life. Today we watched the movie La Bamba. Look how the movie, man, gave us a it gave us a love for family and a love for our heritage, big time. So let's hit this. This movie La Bamba, it's a biopic, meaning um, this movie is a story, is a real life story of a man's it's, life. It's it's revolved around a true story, but it's like. Man, I it's just way before our time, music wise, but it is exactly how we grew up. Like we'll get into that. So the movie's about Richie Valens. And Richie Valens was a stinking kid. So he he, was, how old was he died? He was seventeen when he, he died. He died at seventeen. He, he had, got, he had he an had American a, bandstand. Yeah, he had a hit record at sixteen years old. Dropped out of high school to tour, this kid did. Yeah, he couldn't go to school because it was booked all through the fall <laughs> and all through the winter. <laughs> <coughs> oh crap <coughs> Dang Gina Richie Valens This is the story of his life um, He's a poor Mexican immigrant He's a poor Mexican Just poor family Por favor Just, just <laughs> And his, he's famous big time Because he's one of the musicians Who went down in the great plane crash There's a song by Don McLean Yeah American Pie About the day the music died um, how he's like, I can't remember where I was, like all that stuff he talks about. That, when the day the music died, is the day the plane went down. And the big bopper and Buddy, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly was only 22. And Buddy Holly, somebody like, um, Buddy Holly. The day is a good jam. Too bad Buddy Holly was a G. Man. You remember at the, uh, the scene where they're in the bar, the hillbilly bar? And the he mom says gets him in. He says, "Here's one out of Lubbock, Texas." That's that was a Buddy Holly song. Yes, yeah, so and his brother's like, "Lubbock, Texas." <laughs> <laughs> so Richie came up as a young kid, even though he was 17 and Buddy Holly was 22. Buddy Holly was so big, he Richie came Holly. up doing Buddy Holly songs. Like he was huge. And this kid, so his kid makes it. He makes it, um, and he dies young. Has a, has like what? Five songs recorded, all he got. Yeah, he the had, recordings aren't great either. 
No. Listen to the recordings. They're they're not the re the reason the movie it's so amazing is because Los Lobos is doing all the songs. We'll get to that. Which is like a, so they, awesome. They re-recorded all the music for the film so that they would have these clean cuts. Yeah, yeah. And Los Lobos loves the music of Richie Valens because if you're a Mexican musician, you don't have a lot of heroes that look like you. You don't have any brown skin rock and rollers. Freddie Fender, man. <laughs> so Richie Valens and Los Lobos was like a hero. Yeah. So they were asked to do this project. They were like, they're all, we'll get to that in a little bit. So this movie is just a story of a musician, Richie Valens, okay? And let's pick up those, and, and we'll get to the cast and we'll kind of go through the movie. The cast, great cast. You have Lou Diamond Phillips and Richie Valens. And Lou Diamond Phillips, dude. Stud. Young This guns. was his first movie. No, it wasn't. Dude, you didn't watch the opening credits of La Bamba? I watched the opening credits. And introducing Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens? No, it didn't. That's his say first that. movie, dude. After this, he does Young Guns 1 and 2, where he's awesome. He is. It, dude, the funny, me and Henry always talk about how they, how they always give Lou Diamond crap in that movie, and they're like, Navajo. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, dude. He is. The baddest dude. Remember, he makes them all trip on peyote so they get to see the spirit. We're in the spirit world, a hole. <laughs> There's a part where he's fighting like, Billy the Kid, puts a knife through his through forearm. his forearm. He's fighting Kristen Slater. It's Slater, that's right. And he, he goes with Slater. He's like, holds his hand up. Yep. Slater pulls the knife out. And he just, Ugh. he's bad, dude. Ludem and Phillips. This is the movie we fall in love with. I love this guy because this movie, dude. I watched The Voice. And there was a season that was like a first uh, Mexican singer to be in the top ten who was a who was a mariachi singer. Oh! Well, when he did his um, first song to get on the blind auditions, he did La Bamba, and Blake turned around and got him. Well, when he started getting real popular, there was an episode where he, it was the lives and Lou Diamond Phillips and his wife and kids were there. Shut your and mouth. And they gave him a big shout out. And he was backstage talking to the kids no! saying how proud he was of how, what he was doing. Dude, that's awesome. And how he was, you know, he was giving them all these props for being, you know, a, a strong Mexican. Because he did a huge Mexican jam. Um, El, El, El Rey. He sang that mariachi style for on the lives, dude. And Lou Diamond was right there in the in the in the crowd. And Carson Daly was like, shout out to Lou Diamond Phillips and his and his family. Lou Diamond's still the man, dude. Oh, and he looks amazing, dude. Because Mexican men are fine. Like, I look better now than I did when I was thinking Listen, 19. Listen, dude, all the girls that I date are way younger, and I always say this. By no means am I the most handsome dude out there. No, dude. But you know what? I'm going to be this handsome in 20 years. <laughs> like, I always say, okay, well, have fun. You're going you're gonna to wake up one day and look over looking like you're married to Bill Gates, or you can look over and see me with all this flowing locks. <laughs> Because <laughs> my hair ain't going nowhere. <laughs> oh, and when it finally turns gray, gonna look even it's going to look even better, bro. Too bad I just ran into – it was a single to mile. That's why we're doing La Bamba. It's single to mile weekend. But uh, last night, I went to go have dinner with my cousin and all her friends for single to mile, and everybody – like the Mexican restaurants were that's insane. That's, that's Guess who I have. run into? Who? Our boy Sam from church. Sam or yeah, Sam. Dude, it's, I, it's speaking of older dudes that are just handsome as crap. He looks like a this stud. dude is probably what? 10, 50? 15 years older than us. Looks He's amazing, good, dude. dude. Man, I love being Mexican, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lou Diamond, wow, is 
good. His career, he's not doing a lot of movies much more, but he still, I loved him. He always had, loved him. He had something Henry was saying that he was on. He did the one, Curse Under Fire was the one he did 15 years ago with Denzel. Yeah, that's at least 15. Like 2020. Might be 20, because I think we were still in high school. Man, it's, I feel like we get older than I think I think he's more producing and stuff like that. Which is good for him. Yeah. Way to go. It's, pro- it's probably because he you know spends more time with his family and stuff. But yep. Then he, you have Lou Diamond plays Richie Valens, and he's a great job. Young, uh, fresh-faced t- kid, he's great. And performance of the stinking decade is Issei Morales. Playing the crazy alcoholic, drug dealing brother, biker brother, Bob. Bob is the dude. I am so this this I am so relatable with this character. It's insane, dude. But dude, I want to say something. You always say you're the Bob of the family. You're not no, Bob, no, no, Tony. No, no. I say that because our family, like, okay, how can I put this? I'm I I used to be a lot crazier than I am now. You were, but but. I've been that drunk and crazy, like, because one thing with Bob is a lot of the stuff that happens, he doesn't feel like he's doing anything wrong. Like, he's just being Bob. I I can relate with that, dude, like, just getting drunk and stupid and, you know, having a make. Bob burns his family down so often. He, like, when Richie has that first concert and Bob brings all his bikers in. worst. That's bogue, dude. That's a not cool move on Bob's dude, part. Dude, that's like me rolling in uh, debut of Flint City Church with my crew. Does and all you're just tore up, Bob. dude. If you did that? That would be Bob. You're, you, you've never, you've never broken Bob's heart like that. Listen, I'm just saying, as far as being a wild man, okay, I'm wild not saying, man, I'm not wild. saying like, you know, the like he Bob's a dog, dude. He's a dog. And I'll tell you what, when I was younger. I really felt bad and and sympathized with Bob. Now, as as a thirty five year old man, I watch it. I'm like, dude, you're a dog, and and you, like just like Richie says to him, you did this to you. Yes, this is nobody's fault. You want to blame that that we got different dads and that you got that I got special treatment, blah blah. No, at the end of the day, we're grown ups now. You can't blame anything, and the the reason that Bob's life was burned down because he burnt it down. Nobody else burnt it down. There might have been real things. Yeah, there was, and you know what? You got to get over it because Richie didn't do it, and Richie loves his brother. That's dang, dude. Oh, dude, 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 dude. When he's in Pittsburgh and he calls. That phone call smoked me. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm watching that movie last night. Tears in my eyes with myself wrecked out of my mind. He calls his brother, dude. They had they had a big old fight. And what think about brothers? Fisticuffs fight. Think about brothers is there's stuff you haven't said. Oh there's man. There's stuff that builds up. There's resentment. It builds up, and eventually there's got to be a blowout, or you'll just never be friends again. Dude, and uh, brothers, nobody can make you madder than a brother, but nobody can bring out compassion like a brother can. Me and Jesus, our baby brother, we got a fist fight at a bar in Waterford called Lakeside, and two of Jesus's homies were standing there with their jaws dropped because they couldn't believe Jesus actually went at me. Well, um, he was in there, man. Like, we were, we were hitting each other. So finally I hit him, uh, and I hit him so hard, his eye the next day swelled up. He, <laughs> mom, mom called me and was, like, all mad because she said he, he couldn't see out of his eye. I felt so bad. I, and I was because th- the last thing that he said to me before I left was, "Oh, you feel good? You feel good about yourself, man? Just remember, you got to live with that." And I'm just like, and all, I stood on that all night. Next day, I called him up. I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" He, hey, Tony, how's it going, man? 
I'm like, are you all right? He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, you don't hate me from last night? No, man, that's, that was my fault, dude. That's just brother stuff. And I'm just like, you dog. <laughs> like, I slept on that. I slept bad all night, dude. Dude, what time, what time you were fighting, you punched me in my head like, real hard. And I remember your hand was hurting real bad. And mom was like, the doctor, she's like, if his hand's messed up. No, 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 no. Boxing. We used to box at Eric DeLorenzo's in the garage, remember? Yeah. And I had the boxing gloves on, and I hit Eric so hard, he fell and broke some of his dad's candy machines. <laughs> and you got so mad at me, you picked me up and I'm slammed right. me I'm... on the garage floor. And I had my boxing gloves on, so I couldn't, like, stop myself. So it was your elbow. So I smoked my elbow. And I remember mom goes, Ernie, I'm taking Tony to get an x-ray. <laughs> And if his elbow's broke, you're grounded. And you're like, whatever, Mom. We come back, and I got the sling on, and she just goes, well, you're grounded. And it was so, and you're just like, dang it. I can still move that chip around. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, dude. dude I'm going to show you right now. No way. Watch my elbow. Ew. Wrong one. Hold on. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, Tony! That's from you, player! No, it's not! Thanks a lot, Ernie! Oh! That's so gross! You should try leaning on it sometime. <laughs> it hurts like a mug still, dude. Okay, so. Bob, I mean, what's. He's great. His seat. Dude, talk about the best acting. There's no way he wasn't really drunk and half that stuff. I don't know! Because, dude, he's got the teary eyes and his the. eyes are Just watered. super, like. Emotional, dude. I mean, he is bad to his girl. I mean, they, they, they tell you dude, Bob. this Bob has the most quotable lines ever in this movie, dude. And his homeboy ain't no ain't no good for him, no, dude. No, he's not. His biker buddy's no good. So, like, <laughs> listen, so Richie, man, we're only at the second cast member, dude. Listen, <laughs> this is gonna dude, be the longest okay. podcast. So the movie begins, and you meet Blue Diamond Phillips, or Richie Valens' family, and they work. Picking fruit. It, well, it, it's, it's a single camp. mom with a, with uh, three, four kids. The two girls or three girls? I think it's two girls and Richie. Three kids. Okay, yeah, it's three kids. And they're in a migrant camp. So all they the have to work to make it. They pick dude, fruit. They're living in tents, dude. Tents and shanties. This is like the forties, right? Uh, fifty-seven. I think. Seven. The thing is, we watch this movie, and here's the reality: our grandparents grew up in those places. Dude, I was at. Uh, my godmother's, because my grandma was in town, this is my great aunt, and Flint, I was over there like two weeks ago. They were showing me pictures of them working in um, on these big farms picking fruit, and it's pictures of them as kids, and it's like, holy smokes, like we come from this. Grandma told me stories about how they just picked they all summer long. They used to pick cotton, bro. I know. As kids, dude. Our family were mig. Our great. We come from migrants. That's what our families did. They would travel with the seasonal fruit. Mm -hmm. They would pick, and we didn't have a uh, home base. And for a it long was a time. family show, dude. All oh. the kids were working how their many, butts how off. How many great uncles and aunts do we have? How many left? Like, I mean, in, in how many were born? There were how many of them? Uh, that was a huge family. Was it thirteen of them? Something like that. Yeah. I mean. This is what Mexicans did. They they worked Work hard. Work your butt off. Yeah. The, they're migrants, and uh, so you meet him, and this is what they're. And, and I watch it. And I'm like, this is my. This is where I come from. This mm -hmm. is where we come from. And then Bob shows up, and Bob's been in prison. Just got out of prison. And well, he, he was out for a little bit, yeah, and then he came. He had him. some money. Gets him out of there because it's not. It's not great. It's it's poor. He didn't want his family there. 
And I'll tell you what, Bob, he might be a rough mug, but at he, the end of the day, he does love his family. He, lo- he buys that piece of crap house, but he at least buys him a house. Uh, t- let me tell you this. Speaking of, of being like the stinking movie, the house with the trailer in the yard, that was grandma's house. When we used to go stay at grandma's in Texas, we would sleep in the trailer in the yard. There was a co- concrete slab with a stinking camper that, that was like our, the guest rooms for the kids when they came to visit. It's crazy. Like, like that house, that neighborhood is our neighborhood. It, it was in, ins- it, in insane. There's a small dirt town in Texas that we come, we, that grandma comes, comes from. And that was because you're in this Southern California in the movie. They move mm-hmm. out. They go to, what were they at? No, they're in Northern California working on the farms. But then they, they move to Southern California. Like outside of L.A., right? Yeah, they, they're like driving distance to L.A. Yeah, so there's a nice part of town. Then there's the poor, and that's where all of the Mexicans live. And dude, and I and I tell you what, dude, this is hilarious. Um, when Donna drives by, and says, "Oh, is this where you live?" and he says, "Oh, no, no, I'm down the street." Well, oh, hop in, I'll take you home. Oh, let's just go for a drive, dude. When we were in elementary school, excuse me, I just drank a stinking Tim Hody thing. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <coughs> so when we were at, when we, when I was in elementary school. The buses used to drive by our house. Well, I was walking home, and there was these girls that I had crushes on and stuff, and they were on the bus. I The bus was coming down the street we lived on, and they were taking kids home. I actually walked by our house because I didn't want them to see the house we lived in. I, I totally feel for Richie, dude. I remember dude, that. Dude, dude, So they get end up in California, Mexican, <coughs> and Richie wants to be a rock and roller. He loves music. He's talented. Well, you can tell right from the beginning. The the funniest line, well, one of the Bob's funniest lines is Richie's got his guitar and they're running up the hill, which is the last scene of the movie. It's the saddest oh, thing you've ever man. seen in your life. Well, they're, they're two brothers. They're back together. And uh, they're running up the hill chasing each other, and, and Richie's got his guitar. It's his electric guitar. And Bob knocks him down, and Richie lands on the guitar, and he goes, <clears throat> he's like, whoa, whoa, Bob, Bob, my guitar, my guitar. And he's just like, man. We take that thing everywhere. He goes, are you kidding me? I sleep with this thing. And he goes, what? With no hole? <laughs> I'm like, dang. That's his acoustic pool. <laughs> that was so funny, but, dude. Uh, he, he goes, every I might mistake you for Rosie. Dude, Bob is so <laughs> funny, dude. Bob's crazy. But Bob, you, you can know him right away. Because you see him at first. He he's the money, rough. He's the got his, his motorcycle. Mom. He's going to get his mom out of there. He gives her the money. Yeah. But then. Thing is, that's he wants to be the hero. He does. But he also steals his little brother's girl first night. That's yeah, but in his defense, he don't know. He's he sees, dude. You watch him What? Dude, he walked up when he pulls up. She's oh, okay. With, she's, he puts his arm around Richie. And he introduces or he puts his arm around brother, Rosie, yeah. But he sees her and he wants her doesn't get a rip. Dang, doesn't get a rip, Gina. dude. And he takes Hey, you know what though? Shame on her, dude. Look she, what look what happened. Remember the one of another amazing line. Uh he says when when they you know they're at the house and and um, Rosie's there and she goes. Uh, uh, so basically, listen. So he steals his brother's girl. She jumps on the bike. They, she leaves with them to go to Southern, mm-hmm. Southern California. So he lives with her in the trailer in the yard. It's it's Bob and Rosie living together on the parents' property or his property. But he well, yeah, the house. yeah, yeah. The, but um, <laughs> Bob's gone every night. He's, Bob. She has no idea what she's getting into. Never comes home. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> she comes in the house and Richie's like. You know, eating breakfast and they're talking, and he's like, "Bob, come home last night." And she's like, "No, he doesn't. He's the, you know he he doesn't come home much. You know, blah blah." And he's like, "Yeah, well, that's Bob." And then she says, "Well, yeah, but you're home a lot." 
And he says, yeah, well, I'm me. Like, dang, dude. Like, this is what you wanted, girl, in your face. Dude, she wanted the bad boy. Yep. And she got the bad you boy. You the bad boy. Now you got the bad life, fool. Dude, there's a part where she gets, she, she's all getting mad at him. Dude, he, he literally rapes his wife, dude. I know. It's like, it's crazy. Some well, dude, movie. when he's sticking, feeding, uh, he's got that little uh, uh, long, like, weed or grass stick thing. He's, and he's dipping it in tequila and feeding the rabbits. And then he goes, I practically got a raper just to have sex. And you're like, dang, dude. <laughs> Stinking Bob, dude, dude. He's stinking like smells his tequila shots before he shoots him, dude. Dude, he's stinking. He's a rowdy mug, dude. She, she, he's crying. Like, What's the matter with you? She's like, I'm pregnant. He's like, What the s is eating you anyway? I'm pregnant, and he just pours his dude, drink. Dude, dude. the line, dude. <laughs> she goes, well, Aren't you gonna say anything? What's to say? It ain't my first. Oh my last! And oh, you're like, and she's looking at him like, oh my I mean, goodness! There's, there's being a jerk, and then there's being a oh, jerk. Oh man, Bob's another level, bro. Dude, he's rowdy. Intentionally, just want to wreck her life. Oh man, and dude, the poor girl lost her virginity to him on a on the stinking ground at an immigrant farm camp. And he's just like, why didn't you tell me that was your first time? You didn't ask. And he's just like, oh well. Like <laughs> he don't care, dude. Doesn't. Tear. And then he's like, it's my fault you got pregnant? <laughs> I'm like, dang. He dude. is out of control. There's a scene, dude. This movie is close to home. And so you can't even. Can't, it's unreal. Like, legitimately, there's a scene where Bob is at the door pounding on it. Ooh. And we've ba- been through that. And his, they're in the house. And he's like, my daughter's in there. I want to see my daughter. And he's going nuts. He's drunk. He's like, he's drunk mom. As a his own mom is, is with on Rosie's team because the, her son's so crazy. Yeah. And uh, he he reveals a lot of cards. Yeah, he's he like, does. You turned me in. You yeah. Know, I'm gonna forgive you for that. Like he's just yelling at this her. This is Miles. I'll throw you all out. And he's throwing crap. The window breaking it. Yeah, and dude. she's holding one. They're all crying together. Those women crying together. And the baby's crying, dude. Here's the reality, dude. Tony and I have been in houses, dude. Yeah. With. Strange men pounding on the doors, yep. demanding to come in, and we're in our rooms, huddled up, hiding. Yep. Like that's freaking life, dude. That life you see in that movie. I watched La Bamba, and it's our freaking life, dude. It's insane, dude. Um, it's hard to watch sometimes, man. Yeah, but it hurts so good, dude. It, thing is, here's the thing about here's the reality. We love movies. Oh, we man. love movies. We watch for 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 a. Uh, for a change, though, this is a this really is a documentary like that. But here's the reality for us: is that most movies we watch, it's we're not watching the world we know. Yeah, it's, it's just strictly entertainment purposes. Like we enjoy characters and movement mm-hmm. and drama, we love it. But usually, it's a white world. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm not gonna be mad about it. I know um, there's more of them than there are of me. That's the way it goes. And having a movie as a kid. Where I saw people and it like was a me, big time movie and too. Fa- families like ours in neighborhoods, it was just so new to us to see our lives represented on the screen. I, I, what's crazy is it's, beca- it's going to become more and more of a thing you watch because just this last weekend, dude, not Guardians of the Galaxy weekend, last weekend. Um, what the worst Tom Hanks movie released the ever? The Circle come out, okay? Tom Hanks movie, big money, big director, and it was beaten. By a Mexican film with Selma Hayek. And the movie made good money. It was all Mexicans who went to see it. 
Because just, we want to see movies with our people in yeah. our world. I'm watching the trailer for that, How to Be Latin Lover. And somebody, hey, I can't say go to the tortilla, dude. And I, I was laughing. He goes, what a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing so I'm like, oh, shoot, Bob. Dude, Bob. it looks so bad. I got to see it. Dude, but I, I love it because I'm like, I know the world. I know the people. I know. Beware the chancla. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. And then number number three, so number two was How to Be a Land Lover. Number three wasn't Bollywood. Bollywood. Film. That's crazy that a Bollywood movie beat Tom in Hanks. America. That's in insane. America. That's insane. Because America becoming a more diverse nation. I um, think Tom Hanks is related to Uncle Sam, dude. Jeez, oh. dude. He's the big time, dude. He he is. So this movie, seeing it was seeing our our people, our seeing our colors, seeing our families. Dude, why do you think? Well, you did too. So did Henry. When End of Watch came out. We love it. We we related to that Mexican cop like he even says chonies in the movie, dude. He's that that movie is incredible. So, um, the movie goes forward, the story, and Richie makes it. He's talented. Well, R- Richie, he's no matter what he's doing, he's just he's shining. He's a great kid. Loves his mom. Loves his family. Um, he even loves his brother. Yes, he does. To a fault. The mom, you see the family just go off to help him make it. The mom spends her rent money to rent a hall. Yep, so, so he can he play. He joins a band, and the band doesn't respect him. He plays crap music. Remember him singing Charlena, the silhouette? Oh, he Charlene. Was, he was the worst singer ever. Oh, to, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Dude, he was terrible. Don't you know I love you? Don't you know I care? You're like, what is this, dude? Charlene. And then you got the baddest singer ever sitting back playing a I'm rhythm guitar, dude. So, dude, they go to play the play the hall, and the the guy, the lead singer, is like, "We can't play this piece of crap." And he's no, he leave. said they're never gonna let us in here. They're gonna already leave, and the band doesn't go with them. No, they stay with Richie. They know he's he, the man. Well, they, they, he, the guy says, uh, "I I know what's best for the silhouettes, and this ain't it." And then and nobody goes with him, and Richie stand there like, "Well, I'll do it myself then." And then, and he says, "What? Well, what does he say? What does he tell the band? I saw, Are you coming else? or what? Oh yeah." And then Richie's like, "Or what?" <laughs> and dude, and they jam out, dude. They pack that hall, dude. It's awesome. And he plays. He's he's so talented. He is the lead singer, lead guitar player. I mean, the band. It's he's so good. The band's just happy to be backing him up, dude. Yes, they are. They're um, having the time of their lives. But of course, Bob comes at first concert. Ruins the whole thing, his dude. Bucker, biker friends, drunk and skunk, starts a fight. And Richie, though, what does he do? Jumps off the stage he, to he back his, his brother He puts his guitar up. down, tells the sax, you know, uh, take it for two two bars or two. Ah, it was framed. Dude, the best part about that was Richie is a Mexican guy, and the crowd is it's all colors. It is all, all white, it, black, it, yeah, Latino. They're dancing. They're having fun. They don't care about no colors. It, it's all. And then, but dude, Bob gets in that scrap. And Richie jumps in, dude. It's like this is your showcase, dude. But his brother was in trouble, and he had to help him out. <laughs> Why, Bob? <laughs> and of course, Bob's. This is the, this is the story of his life. She says, "How could you?" The mom says, "How could you do this to Richie?" And he's like, "I did this to me." No, your actions mess everybody else up too, dude. That's right. Like, sorry, we've heard that too many times. Man, my life hurt nobody but me. You're actually, you're hurting us all because we're footing the bill, fool. And I want to say something real quick. 
if you, addiction, people, I hear addicts all the time how it's my life, it's my body. Screw that, dude, because your mama and your family, they're in the pit with you. Or half the time, you, all your kids too, fool. Straight up. Jeez. It's not just you. But Bob can't see past his own. He's so bitter. He feels he's the right. Yep. He plays the victim card so much, he feels he's, he's the right to be a loser. I love Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Bob, too. You feel for him. Put a little Montana love life. <laughs> I can't believe he's looking at trash in front of his Oh, co- dude. She's not dude, having it. That's what Mexican men do. I know they do. I'm watching them like, I know. Grandma was telling me stories about stuff that her brothers would say in front of her and her husband and all that. I can't believe it, dude. Oh, you can believe that. Well, yeah, it's hilarious. But, but I'm just uh, like, man. Um, I was framed. Bow, 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 dude, bow, the bow. music is amazing in this movie. Dude, the soundtrack is worth getting. We'll get to that in a little bit. So Richie makes it. He starts being on the radio. Starts His dream's coming true. He, he's getting so popular that they had a radio contest. Where he was going to deliver 12 pizzas to the winner and they have a pizza party. And like everybody's freaking out. This the, is a teenager, dude. He stood up, stood up the house and the girls He was screaming. like the 50s Bieber, dude. It's insane. It's what he is, dude. It's what he is. But except he's really talented. Like, like, like playing guitar and singing. He's incredible. Um, but uh, another good performance you have is of Elizabeth Pena as Rosie Morales. She's great. She's amazing. Dude. She is perfect Mexican woman, dude. And you feel for her because she didn't know. She, she fell for this bad man. In she her found life. her way out. Of that life, she, she thought it was yes, going to be. She, did. she thought it was going to be like storybook. End up being real life. Sorry, sweetheart. You want the bad boy? You want the biker that just got out of prison because he's got a tattoo and a Harley and he looks awesome? Or actually, he's driving an Indian motorcycle. But dude, she she learns really quick that. Mm, you know what's crazy? They make it because Mexican yeah, women can stay. Yeah, it's weird, man. Um, but like he Bob. Give her every reason to leave, and they end up at the very end. He, he Bob's on the wagon. He's not drinking. Mm-hmm. He's trying to work a job. He's being a gr- garbage man. I'm on the garbage train. <laughs> I, know, I know, dude. And then he freaks out. And, and I don't know. It's got to be his uncle. He's like, oh, don't don't pay attention to him. He's been on the wagon for a month. He's meaner when he's drunk. <laughs> but, um, at the end, they're like actually living in the house together. There's she's res- got the baby. And she's not scared of him anymore. Like, they made it through. It kind of gives you hope. Yeah. Man, that is something else, though, when he's wrenching on that car, listening to the radio. Dude. That's, that's that. Oh. Uh, um, you have Joe Pantoliano. Joey Pants is Bob awesome, Pete. dude. Man, Bobo. Dude, Joe Pantoliano. If you ever hear this podcast, I, know, I don't think you will, but if you do, Mad Love. But, man, we took that hat off in this movie. You were bald like a mug, dude. Oh, Joey Pants has been bald, dude. That dude. <laughs> that, that scene on Sopranos when he's in the tub and they pull his wig off. And uh, what's the um, the nephew's name? Chris. Oh, yeah. Christopher. It's like, oh, Tony Spurs like, you didn't know? <laughs> it was a wig? But, man, he tells him. Joey Pants is awesome, dude. And, and what's great about this movie is the family helped write the movie. The family was involved. They wanted it to be authentic and feel real. It was. Holy cow! Man, was it? It, it was, and they wanted the story told. Like, dude, I Los Lobos is such a big fan of Richie Valens. They were the house band in that brothel in yes, Tijuana, dude. Yes, they were. That was Los Lobos jamming out, dude. Um, but uh, literally, I didn't think they would reveal this, but they did in the movie that Richie Valens couldn't speak Spanish. Oh yeah, big time. What's crazy is 
That's very common for the children. Like for like, if you're in second America, generation, second, third generation, don't like I, we don't have Spanish. I wish we did, dude. I, wish. I, you know what? I I always say this, but I'm telling you right now. When we when we uh, got in touch with our dad, um, we were talking about that, and I said, dude, one of these days, I said, I, I, we you need you need to teach me Spanish, because I remember I told him I said, because uh, um, I mean I'm sure if you know anything about me and Ernesto, we met our dad. I think Ernesto was 30 and I was 29, mm-hmm. and I said to him on the phone, I said, Dad, do you speak Spanish? And he's like, Of course I speak Spanish. And I'm like, well, Don't be talking. Of course, how am I supposed to know fool? I just met you fool. <laughs> but I told him I said, You got to teach me Spanish, man. I want to learn Spanish, dude. But. Richie Valens didn't speak because he was a young. Honestly, it's almost like if you grow up in a white world, you just kind of want to almost fit in that world. Yeah. Now being older, I wish I could speak Spanish. I, know, I wish I had more of my own. World. How sweet would that look, dude? Speak Spanish with with some peoples, man. Oh man. Dang. I'll see people in in the city. We're in here in Flint Town. I'll see an old lady, and they can't. No one can help her because she's Spanish. I'm like, I wish I could get in there and help her and make her life easier in this world. Well, dude, sometimes I'm I'm uh, picking up loads. I'm a truck driver. I'll pick up loads somewhere out in like the country on a farm or something. It's all Mexicans, and I'm just like, man, I wish I could stick a speak Spanish, man, man. So the music of this film is incredible. So good, dude. The the, the soundtrack of La Bamba was gigantic, huge. It literally is Los Lobos' biggest selling record. Is this soundtrack? Well, they they did uh, most of the whole soundtrack. Five, five or seven songs. Yeah. They've done a lot of soundtracks since then. They did the they literally did the orchestration and the soundtrack for Desperado. That's a great really? soundtrack. Too bad there's some jams on that. They did the opening credits for the movie Colors. That's Los Lobos. Oh, Lobos. really? Yeah, they've done a lot of music for a lot of films. Man, they're a big Mexican band, dude. Where, are they from California? Um, they have to be. Uh, yeah, because uh, Los Lobos used to be called Los Lobos uh, de la whatever East is in Spanish, but they were supposed to be the Wolves from the East. That was the name oh, of the okay. band. And they, call, they cut out the end and just put Los Lobos after that, which means the Wolves. Yeah. Dang, that's what that means? Yeah, Los Lobos. Dang, Gina. Wolves. Learn and, something uh, new every day, shoot. Archie Valens, um, his, like, his stuff, again, the, the, the recording quality is older. It's an older recording. Oh, you're talking, yeah, it's, it's not so old. in a great studio either. Like, there's Heck old, no. like, what's Joey Pants is like, the mics are good, the thing the works. The acoustics are great. What else you need? Um, but the Los Lobos covers... They stick so close yeah. to, and I loved that Richie Valens. They changed his name. His name is Venezuela. Yeah, they changed it to Richie with an with a T, and, and uh, the Valens with an S, almost to hide what he's from. Remember the the radio discharge? Yeah. He says, "Well, is he French? How'd you know?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he's doing. He knew what he's doing. Richie Valens, though, and he decided to do La Bamba, an old Mexican folk song. And, uh, he didn't want to touch it. He's like, no, dude, no one's going to care about it. It's too Mexican. It's not, no, it's, and when he played it at that concert, the people went nuts. They went I, nuts. I was so, and Los Lobos. Uh, and shout out, uh, shout out to Brian Setzer, who plays Johnny Cochran. That was or not Johnny Cochran. Eddie Cochran. Cochran. <laughs> Johnny Cochran. Hey, if the glove don't fit, you must have quit, fool. No, he plays Eddie Cochran, who does right. Summertime Blues. Which is awesome. Too bad he's really singing and really playing guitar, because Setzer is amazing. Is he really playing? Yes. Dude, That's have you awesome. ever watched Brian Setzer no, play I before? Oh, he used to be in a band called The Straight Cats. It was a three-piece swing like punk band. Yeah, yeah. They were incredible. And then more recently, he's he does the Brian Setzer Orchestra, right. which is a full orchestra. And he is 
the sickest guitar player, dude. Man, he's awesome. What a great addition to that now, cast. Now, if you watch this biopic, I know modern biopics like Walk the Line or Ray, the music, the, or our, the act, actors will sing the like they'll be yeah. like uh, Joaquin Phoenix sang some Johnny Cash. Dude, I tell you what, Ray, you know, uh, Jimmy Fox burn the house. Oh, he was amazing. He was amazing. But um, shout out to Reese Witherspoon because she played June Carter and really sang. I have never been more in love with her in my life, dude. She had the dark hair. Oh, oh man, she was amazing. Now, that. this is – back in the day when they did biopics, musical biopics, they always lip sync, and you can tell. But you Heck know what? yeah. It's still good. You don't even care, though, dude. Don't even you, care. Like, when he starts singing in the in the garage, it's like, I know it ain't him, but he's jamming, dude. Jamming. Um, so the music is incredible. The music of the film is incredible. Now, Tony, what are some scenes in this movie that stay with you your whole life? What, name a scene that, that – it's just always been in your head. It's always been there forever. Um, because I'm crazy as a mug, the, the Tijuana scene, dude. When he takes Richie to Tijuana, it's insane, dude. They go over the border. He takes him essentially to get to lose his virginity. Right. But he ain't having it. But it's just funny. And Richie's a good kid, man. He's, he's like, uh, Richie, get over here, man. You're supposed to be getting laid. He's like, later. Because he wanted to go watch the band play La Bamba. Because he loved music. He's like, La Bamba. That's where he got the idea to do the song. At a Which was awesome. It was awesome. Um, he goes, uh, man. He, uh, he says, Richie, what do you think? I think it looks like a high school prom. Yeah, well, this prom puts out. <laughs> like, dang. And then around, he wakes up, uh, wakes up like drunk, and he goes, man, you were screwed, good, tattooed. Well, at least tattooed. <laughs> that was hilarious, dude. Got the flying guitar on his arm. <laughs> the worst tattoo ever. Wakes up in that tent with that old school Mexican dude. That's a crazy scene. <laughs> Too bad I didn't know till I was older that the reason Bob took him over to Mexico was because he had some drug business to do. Yes, he did. He was there on business. Jeez, TJ, dude. dude. Dude, Mexico's nuts. Dude, all I know is there's a scene that I never forgot my whole life. And we'll get to this later. You know, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold that okay. for the next section. You don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. When you're with me, oh boy. The world is you that you were meant for me. All my life I've been waiting. Tonight there'll be no hesitating, oh boy. When you're with me, oh boy. The world is you that you Listen, Red Room Theater, uh, we've been doing this now for four months, five months. It's crazy. Uh, we wanna, 27 episodes, that's nuts. We want to ask you to go ahead, go to our Twitter page and like at Red Room Theater. Because here's the reality, our Twitter page is starting to blow up a little bit. Oh, let me tell you something. Tell the story, Tony. Okay, listen to this. So we just did Point Break. Oh, by the way, we have oh, to, we have to address, we have to address dang this. Dang listen, it. listen, it's my fault too. It's my fault. But dude. it's Ernesto's fault. <laughs> So, every week, because Ernesto's the man, and I'm computer illiterate, he punches scripts up for us. Tony! Uh, he punches Tony, these What? I'm sorry. Listen, so he punches these scripts up for us, right? And we, I mean, you got to remember, we have, hold on one second. Okay. We have um, thousands of movies in our heads daily, and we do a new one every week, and um, we're so dumb. That last week during during Point Break, because I, I trust my brother to where I'm going to read the script and it's all going to be good. Well, he typed up Patrick Swayze's name. It's it's Bodie, but we called him Brody all last week. The whole episode. The whole episode. The whole episode. Because when I look at my script, 
I see Brody, and I don't, but that's my fault. I should have known, but I just watched the stinking movie. I watched a movie, and the whole time I heard in my head, Brody. My whole life, I thought, Brody, because I've never heard the name Bodie before. That's why he, he's a surfer, bro. It's Boda Zeffa. It's Bodie. <laughs> we call this mug Brody, and, it, and it's like, our, it's, it was our favorite Swayze movie. We, we dropped the ball, but I will say this. I tweeted out, back off world child, hashtag point break last week, in honor of us doing point break. Uh... <laughs> Stinking Lori Petty favorited my tweet, and I almost died, dude. I almost died. And it was the real Lori, Lori right. Petty. It's official. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, what do you call it? An affirmed account. Dude, I, I, I told you, and you were like, are you kidding me, dude? We are getting some, starting to get some mad action on our Twitter account. You want to be there to see what happens, man. Our hope, we're hoping to get Eastside Morales. We're hoping to get Lou Diamond. We're going to tweet them out. See if they give us some love back. So be a part of the conversation. Go ahead and follow at Red Room Theater and be there for the action. It's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, we're going to reach out, man. Stinking Brody, dude. Come I'm, on. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So sorry. So how did this movie raise us right? I'll tell you what. All over the place. Okay. Family <clears throat> first. Here, here's here's a, a a thing that we had, just like Richie, single mom, an awesome mom. mom, strong mom, do, she doing both roles, dude. There's a scene. Shout okay. out to single mothers that do both roles, dude. When he buys his mom the house, he told her, and she like pushed it off. The first time, remember, he said, "I'm gonna buy you for his house. Tell me about it." Because she just wants, she, just like any other awesome mother, yep. you want for him. Yes. You're not doing anything for anything in return. No. You want for your kids. Man, she's an amazing mom. And he buys her the house, dude. And when he moves her in there, now my mom, she's got a husband, takes care of, they provide for each other and all that stuff. Like, but if my mom didn't have a husband, we'd take care of her, dude. I'll tell you what right now. I am, um, I just bought a new car. First time without without a co-signer. Yep. Help my credit, build my credit up. Um, in the next year, maybe two, I'm going to be looking to buy a house here in Flint. And I told my grandma, because she, she was there just like her mom was growing up. And she lives in Texas. She wants to come to Flint like four months a year. When I buy that stinking house, I'm going to have a room for grandma in there. That's come awesome, live with man. me for three, four months. I'll tell you what. I can't have no hoochies running up in there when grandma's over. And I tell you what, she's going to be making some bomb food. Oh, my gosh. Do some carne quesada. Dude, oh. I'm, I'm going to have to put a treadmill in the basement, dude. <laughs> so I can throw clothes on it. <laughs> but that, we grew up, though, taking care of the women in your family because they take care of us. Legit, and the thing is, is that I don't know what it is, but I know a lot of families that aren't close. Siblings don't talk to each other. I don't understand it. But, dude, I think it. In the Mexican world, dude. That's all you have. We grew up with that, like that thought that this is your people. Mom, mom always told us, mom told us so many times. Blood's thicker than water? All the time. She yep. said that, and I always get annoyed when she say it, you know, because I have my friends. But here's the reality, dude. We'd go to, we, we moved so much, it was true for us. Yeah. We moved to new towns, new schools. The person we knew in the world was each other. All we had. Where are all the white women at? <laughs> and you know what? We fought like oh man dogs sometimes. Yeah, we did. And you know what? We've had some sick words over the years. Oh, 
my goodness, especially when I'm like drunk or high or something back in the day, I'd say some stuff to you, bro. Oh, man. And you know what's crazy is we're best friends, dude. Yeah. I mean, we're doing this podcast every, every week, and we don't, we don't, this is, we're not acting. Okay, we're just not a performance, <laughs> here, guys. When we get People together, can't believe the chemistry. That's just us. I remember when, when uh, you and Angie, when you, got, you guys were um, newly married, and you had that real nice white house. It was like a tri-level, yeah. maybe even more. Yep. And uh, Angie would sit in the kitchen when I'd come over because me and you would sit in the living room and just BS, talking trash, laughing. And she would always say, I just sit and listen to you guys, and I can't even believe it. Like, it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, and, you know, I almost turned my back on the family first off. When I went to, when I went to college, I stayed out there for a long time. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do my own thing because <clears throat> life's hard at my home. I don't want to be home. I almost thought, you know what, I, I, I'll cut myself off from my family life. But you know what? Can't do it. Uh-uh. You've got to know what's going on at home. you got to know what's going on there. Dude, I talk to Grandma every week, dude, getting all the downloads from Texas and stuff. I call, I, dude, Mom calls me every day. That's awesome. i got to know what's going on. I love being in the middle of the drama, dude. Yeah. Hearing all about all the Pleasanton <laughs> stuff going on. All of, man. Um, no, you know what's crazy, though, is I had a buddy named Chris when we were in high school. And um, he graduated, went to college, and – couple years after graduation we ran each other and you know me and uh, his mom's maiden name was marino and um and she was mexican so i'd always ask how his mom was doing and stuff and uh so i ran into him we're talking and i go hey how's your mom doing and he goes oh i don't really do the family stuff too much anymore i it blew my mind i'm like what does that mean like you're where you're at in your life because of your stinking mom, you idiot. People cut off their parents. They cut off their siblings. It's crazy. They walk away. People talk about the, the Thanksgiving. What is it? The uh, things, night before Thanksgiving is the number one. Number um, one bar night of the year is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And people. On, uh, on because they have to get drunk to deal with the family. Which is crazy. Too bad. I love going to Texas and everybody get, dude, Fairlane and Uncle Jesse and, and Uncle Johnny. Everybody starts coming. Everybody's going to come to Grandma's because we're going to be in town. I, Grandma's 75th was the funnest night ever. Even though you got your butt chewed out. <laughs> and me and Uncle Jesse and our cousin John were laughing so hard because we we're, were used to getting chewed all the time. I couldn't believe it. It was funniest thing ever. I didn't do nothing wrong either. I did nothing <laughs> wrong. So like, too bad you got three drug Mexicans and you're the only one sober to, like being responsible. She's chewing you out, dude. I'm like, oh. I was like Bob when Rosie slammed the door. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, family, like, I love our family, dude. And you know what? I watch this movie. I see how good of a mom Mrs. Valens is. And I think of our mom, dude. Dude, we have the best mom ever, dude. The stuff she did. I mean, you really think I could afford to do band every year and go to band camp and do the, the class trip? Mom made it happen. She made it happen. And, and you know what, dude? I know we had stepdads and everything, but at the end of the day, mom's the one that took care of everything. She, she <clears throat> man. Like, she, she, her love in our lives, it was a foundation for our lives. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to say, Ray. <laughs> so we're family first all the time, man. We, 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 and this movie, you see that it's a Mexican, um, like it's a cultural reality. Big time. Um, and some, and not everyone does. Dude, the mom's even making them chorizo and eggs in the morning, I dude. Was, I was <laughs> like, oh, dude, I'll tell you what else is in that movie all over the place. Glass Coke. 
Yes, it is. bottles of Coke, dude. I'm like, dang, that's back when they made it with the good stuff, dude. Oh. Next gave us a love for our heritage. Love it. Again. Proud as a mugger. Watching a movie, and there's Mexican. Here's the thing. I grew up a lot in a white world. We both did. Uh-huh. We, weren't, we weren't in Texas. We were up in Michigan. Uh, we lived in white neighborhoods. And we lived in poor white neighborhoods, but they're still white neighborhoods. Or we lived in black neighborhoods, but it was still <laughs> it was not Mexican neighborhoods. Didn't get Spanish. Um, and sometimes when, you, when you're Mexican, it's weird. If you grew up in a city where it's white, black, mom always said she chose sides she grew up in Flint. She'd choose either be with the whites or the blacks. Mm-hmm. And we can do that. We can choose the team, with, and we kind of fit in with either crew. And it's very easy to lose your identity when you just want to be with one of the crews. And there's a temptation to just be American and let go of all your cultural distinctives. Because the, re- the, the reality is, even if they're your best friends, you're going to hear some jabs. They're going to make fun of you Mexican. They're going to dog you for whatever. Make, there's the jokes, man. The, the fence joke. The, I mean, now the wall joke. Oh, dude, <laughs> no joke, dude. No, I, dude, and I, I mean, be Mexican, dude. Listen, I know I'm not a black man. If you're a black man in America, it's harder than being a Mexican man in America. Oh man, you ain't lying. If you're a black man, it's tough, dude. Because here's the reality: when I was thinking 14 years old, I had some cops. I was walking home. Oh, they beat you down, dude. These cops pulled off and they put me down like a dog, dude. I, I was big for my age. I was tall, wide shoulders. And they, they, they put me down. I get, I, I've been pulled over so many. I, I've been pulled over, I would say, over 30 times in my life. A lot of those times, no ticket, just seeing if I, was, if I belonged in the neighborhood. Oh, I've got, I got pulled over and was asked, what are you doing on this side of town? And I'm like, well, why don't you read my license, fool? I was at home. What's your white stuff? <laughs> you lost, boy. Uh, <laughs> nope. But, Got my uh, GPS right here, sir. Like so, Tic Tac, sir. Tony, <laughs> right now in your life, Tony, you face some of it. Oh man, I'm a truck driver, Holmes. I, mean, I remember. You, I remember there was a season. There was a there was a moment in time immigration became huge in the news, and there was an article in like the New York Times, like brown is the new black. There was an article, which is it's a crazy to say out loud. I know. But I remember that you were. I think you were driving for um, dropping off crates. Or mobile mini. And you said you were going to job sites. People were saying things to you. And, get, and just treating you a certain way because that, that, that those few months of life, it was like very much Mexicans coming to America. They're doing these things in, in, in this country. And a movie like La Bamba, in a life of a young Mexican kid who's separated from his family, from his language, his culture, instead of being afraid, instead of wanting to blend in, you realize I'm part of a rich heritage and I want to embrace this. I'm not ashamed of where I come from. I don't have to hide this. And I was embarrassed for a while, dude. Well, I can relate to Richie because he's in love with Donna, and she's uh, blonde hair, blue-eyed, white as a mug, and the dad ain't having it. Tell your story. Dude, I, had, I was dating this girl. She was smoking hot, super popular. That was in eighth grade. And um, her parents actually really liked me, but I was just like I'd come over with all the friends. Man, she told me straight up, don't hug me or anything or hold, try to hold my hand or anything in front of my parents. Cause um, you know they, I, I, I'm not allowed to date you. Pretty much, I'm like, dang, Gina. Like it was, and it was a complete racial thing, like 100. percent I remember I was at a, a church family's house when I was at going to. It was in high school. Went to a girl's house. The mom sat me down and said, 
God is not for interracial dating. She's like, birds with birds, bees with bees, whites with whites. And he, and he should be like, well, uh, now I'm starting to realize, Mrs. So-and-so, that you're a bee. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle that stuff, dude. dude. No joke, dude. No joke. I mean, it's like a family. I'm like, I was like, holy cow. You were at church in line getting coffee. And the guys in front of you. Oh, oh my goodness. Guys, you I knew. I can't believe. I forgot about that. Tell. I was getting ready to play drums at the stinking church. I forget what they were saying, but it was like racist they had, is they had a workers, mug. They had Mexican workers, and, and, and they wanted to use the bathroom in the house, didn't they? So it was. I'm trying to think of what it was. I remember I was standing behind him. They didn't know I was standing behind him. I was in line to get coffee. Oh, what did they say? I think one of them was a deacon. What did they say? All I remember is they shut up real quick. They turned around and you were right there. Yeah. You heard the whole conversation. Yeah. And they were embarrassed. Oh, yeah. Scared. It was two, two older white dudes, probably in their like early 50s. Like successful guys, I, I guarantee one. I, I remember one of them. They were he was a deacon dude, like on the board, and they're just talking trash, like, like they're at, in their backyard or at the bar or something. And I'm standing, I'm standing behind them, like, oh hell no, I'm getting up there to play drones for you fools. I had a guy tell me when I was pastor in Waterford, straight up. He goes, when you first came here, I was afraid because I don't like Mexicans. I stood. I mean, what do you say to that? And he goes. I rented, I rented out some of my rentals to some of those Mexicans. They wrecked them. I'm like, I would have been like, well, wrecked them, damn near killed them, dude. Dang, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, but you've been here for a while and you're okay. And I'm like, you're like, well, that's because I don't rent out a house for you, fool. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, a movie like La Bamba in a life of a young Mexican man, it, it helped us to really embrace a culture. To not be a, like, I used to not bring people home to our house. I was afraid they'd see how crazy our home was. Our home life was so crazy, but dude. But then I started realizing this is this is us. Yeah. We are. We're just loud and loving and yeah. huggy and boisterous and nuts. And I, this is who we are. And mm -hmm. it's thinking okay. It's awesome. And so I bring people. The home. older we get, the people love hanging out with our family, dude. They grieve to our world, and they really do enjoy because. In our world, and our not everyone's family like this way, but our Mexican family, what you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. It gets crazy. What you see is what you get, yep. man. We're all, but grandma, she'll get, a grandma will just tell you what she thinks. Yeah, she will. No how insane it might be. And the best part is, though, she give it to everybody. Everybody. She don't play favorites. They're, you're all equally worthless, dude. <laughs> dude, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um, but uh, I remember Jessica brought a friend over to grandma's, and. Uh, the kid's mom was, it was Jessica's friend. She was sitting on the chair and the kid slammed his finger in the, in the screen door. And so grandma's, you know, taking care of the kid. And she's like, yeah, uh, I got it. Don't worry. I know your mom wants to just sit there on her ass. I'm like, oh, my. And <laughs> Jessica and her friend like look, looked at each other. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like dang grandma. But uh, a movie like this, it just, she like, might have said fat butt. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. I think she might have. Oh, my. She's rowdy, dude. Grandma, grandma's rowdy. But, um. <laughs> when grandma was down when she was at your house. And she looks at me, she goes, you got bigger. And I go, thanks. <laughs> like, like, what do you want to say? <laughs> Sorry? Damn. 
as you're cooking me this huge meal, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, you got bro. A bigger dude. Thanks, Grandma. I'm like, yeah, well, just, I just buy an extra X now. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we talk about my athlete's foot while we're at it? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, dude. Dude, I can't. We have a cousin who's gay, and she's like, Grandma just doesn't care. She don't care, she dude. She'll blow his head up like, oh my gosh, Grandma. It's, it's really funny because everyone gets shot. But. But she loves everybody she loves so us like much, dude. If I needed a place, I failed out of college. I'd know where to go. Grandma would be coming she, crash at her house. You know what? She had a place for you and your homie, dude. She's a, she's a good woman, man. I fa- And we didn't have much, but there was enough to eat and enough clothes on your back. Dang straight. And you know what? I don't. I didn't hate being poor, man. No, me neither. Too bad we got the best government grilled cheese sandwiches you ever had, dude. But, I mean, it, like, I didn't like to hey, food stamps to the stinking. Um, that was the worst. I hated it because back in the day it was those little colored cards oh, yeah. in the. And she go get milk. I'm like, I don't want to. I hated going to get stuff with those food stamps. Remember when we went to the party store to get milk and you try to balance it on your head like Chiquita banana and you dropped the gallon and broke it and she's like, Well, I guess you guys have powdered milk this month. I'm like, Dude, dog, dude, oh, you stupid. We used, to, we used to buy. Vitamin D milk, and we'd cut the powdered milk with it, dude. Oh, we were like drug this for his cool, dude. <laughs> the purity falls every week. Dude. Oh my, I'm like, man. We'd have Tang and get halfway down, put more water in it, Tang light. Oh yeah, it was caffeine free Tang by the time we got done with it, dude. <laughs> tang light. I'd be like, Tang, Gina, this stuff sucks. <laughs> Angie, we got married. She went to my skim milk. I'm like, babe. Uh, it's 2% I, around this joint. I'm like, it's whole. But no, I went oh, you get whole milk? I went 2% because we had to meet in the middle. But I'm like, babe, <laughs> I, if I drink watered-down milk, it reminds, I, don't, I just feel poor when I drink that. I just feel like a peasant. I, I used to put so much sugar. Oh, like, but when you would scoop the bottom of the bowl, you get a big old spoonful of sugar. <laughs> You You're like, man, I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. A spoonful of sugar, how the medicine go down. That's BS, boy. <laughs> sludge in the bottom. It's that sludge, dude. Dang, dude. But, uh. <laughs> Shoot, it was better when we were poor, though. We were all skinny. Man, so let's go ahead and get to the end. Now, Rich. Uh, we're having too much fun, dude. Bomba ends. Richard Valens gets on a plane and dies. He wins. I was framed. <laughs> he wins a coin flip. Dude, and he says, I never won a coin toss before. Gets in the plane. It's a bad way to start, player. Him, Buddy Holly, Big Bopper. What does Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Holly tell him? He's like, stars belong in the sky. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to fall out of the sky. They crashed right away. Like, what, five, like, like five right miles? Right off the runway, yeah. Off the runway, they crashed. Here's a crazy thing. In the movie. Joey Pants felt so horrible because they chartered the plane because the heating crashed in the bus. They it's want to ride the bus. Butt. They're fighting, driving to Dakota. Yeah, they're going to Fargo, dude. <laughs> Just thinking about that scene, dude. The cold ears and oh face are like. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Here's the thing. You know how that the mom really found out on the radio. That's not. That's not. That's not made up. Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Valens, their families, all found out on the radio. That's horrible. And because of that event, laws were put in place. To put family contacted before released to media. Th- that loss was the reason they changed the rules, which is a good rule to have. Uh, you know what I'm saying? 
Because when Bob is, there's a scene. It, it, I, I, it's I, the most powerful scene. I was crying last night watching this movie again. I was crying watching it today just because I was so hungover from Cinco de Mayo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Cousin Danny. <laughs> um, but Stinkin, he's under the, and they say. He's wrenching on the car. And when he hears his brother's name. What the S? And then his wife comes up with the baby. Mm -hmm. He's like, did you hear and he, ru he runs across town. Well, he looks at it. He's like, are you sure? Because he heard it, too. He can't believe it. But he don't want to believe he it. He can't believe it. Yeah, he ran to mom's he, house. He gets, he's all breathing hard. He's sweating. And she's in the back. Doing just, laundry. She's catatonic. But you know what? She's doing laundry. She's catatonic. Well, it, just like um, mom and grandma used to do laundry. Hanging everything outside. Yep. Listening yep. to the radio. Yep. That's the saddest scene ever. And then you see the school. He, you remember, he's 17. He knows all those people. He was in high still school. in school. His band members are still in the school. His Donna's girl, there, dude. Donna, dude, the, the hit song. She, remember when, remember when like, all the kids wanted the autograph? She's like, I'll get you one better. I'll get you Donna's autograph. <laughs> because of her, that's a number one hit, dude. What's crazy is there's a, there's a behind the music. There's a behind the music that's all the guys, the big bopper. They just tell the story of those two guys and their death. And they and bring uh, Lou Diamond Phillips in. And he tells a story that haunted me forever. It's the saddest thing ever. When he's doing the movie, the family's on set helping make the movie authentic. Because they, they really wanted the movie to really speak to Richie Valens' life. And it really does. Stinking, when Lou Diamond was filming that scene, and he goes up to the airfield, going to the plane, the mother of Richie Valens runs onto the set and grabs Lou Diamond Phillips. Starts yelling at him. Richie, don't get on that plane. Why'd you get on that plane? Just grabbing him and crying. And Lou Diamond had it like, she, in her mind, she was like reliving Jeez. what happened. And Lou Diamond had to like be the one to give her peace through that moment. That's insane. When, he, when he's telling the story, though, his eyes are welled up. That's so sad. And that behind the music is worth watching. You can find it on YouTube. I, I'm going to try to find it. I Watch that stuff, that. dude. I remember watching Wow, that. was that something special. That was the day the music died, dude. Legit. As Don McLean would say. As Don McLean would say. So, anything else we want to add from, the, from I mean, we, you know, he, you know what he's awesome? We say family first. You know how we know he loves family first? Um, he's going to record with uh, Joey Pants. Best scene. One of and, the best uh, scenes. He's like, I need my band. He goes, I can't use him. And he's I like, him. is there a problem with that? He said, yeah, they're my buddies. And he was going to walk out of the studio. He said, hey, wait, wait. Not many guys get a chance to touch yeah. the brass ring. He goes, you ask yourself, what's, 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 more, what's, what's the most important thing to you? And he walks back down the stairs. He said, what, he said what's the most important to you, uh, your music or your friends? And he walks and he down. And comes back in the studio. And he says, my family. That was awesome. Oh, my gosh, is that awesome? And Joey Pants was like, yeah, I just made another million dollars. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's crazy? In my head. I do, so they want to get, take care of our mom and give her a, like a house, or pay off her house, something. I'd, I'd love. Many times they refired that stinking house, we ain't paying off nothing, dude. I'm just saying. If, if, I'm going to have to win the Powerball to pay that mug off. If I ever came into money, I'd take care of my family. I wouldn't just be like, buying stuff for me. I'll tell you what, though. There's certain family I'd take care of. That's it. There's a family I'd take care of. You ain't lying. It's mama. Yeah. Sorry, Jesus. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> I get you a new guitar so you can pawn it. Remember that stinking guitar I, I bought him? I, I bought him a brand new electric and he sold it to Theo, dude. His buddy Theo, not my uncle. 
<laughs> Jeez, Buster dude. Douglas. So anything, any other scenes you want to hit before we land this plane? Oh, man. That, oh, there's so much in this movie to talk about. I think we did a pretty good job. I think so. I mean, this movie is a, a touchstone for us. This is... I, I tell you what, I watched it today and uh, start to finish. I knew the whole movie, but I, I wanted to watch it again. It's it's awesome. It's great. It's so good. So Angie, watch this movie and you'll know me better. As, a, as, as it just is just this is what it's like. This is what it's like. Well, thank God it wasn't life is beautiful then. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. You gonna do our plugs or what? As we close it out, here's the deal. Next this week. Oh it's, yeah. It's the 20th anniversary. Week a week from tomorrow. Well. 20th anniversary the 14th of, of May. The Fifth Element. And they're releasing it for one day only. So next Sunday, May 14th, at the Flint 14, the Rave Cinemas. Right off Corona Road. Corona I-75. We are having a Red Rum viewing party at 2 p.m. If you want to come, we're going to be there watching the movie. We're going to be there. Popcorn, awesome popcorn. Slurpees. Yeah, they got awesome slushies, too. Oh, they mix it for you and everything. Cherry Cokes, dude. Oh, dude, I want one If now. you want to come out watching me with us. We'd love to have you. Not only that, at the viewing party, we're taking pre-orders for our brand new Red Rum Theater t-shirt. Dang, Gina. So, you'll get swag when you come. You can pre-order the new swag. Swizzag. And hang with the brothers. And we're going to be talking trash. Uh, we'll we'll uh, probably meet up in the lobby, talk to everybody for a while, get some ideas for the podcast. We're going to record later that night. We'll do the podcast for Fifth Element. What a great movie. I already know Raise This Wrong and Heck Raise This Right. Yes, dude. I can't wait. Fifth Element, it's a, it's, it's, if you've ever seen it, it's a weird one. It's a sci-fi It's sci-fi, goofy. but dude, Gary Oldman's amazing. Chris Tucker's amazing. Chris Tucker? That's why I met him in this movie. I met oh. him in this movie, and I'm like, this guy's hilarious. He's so funny, dude. Dude, and Bruce Willis, he's, he's, he's Bruce Willis. He was great in this one. Have you ever seen the Gorillas video with Bruce Willis? It plays it's the cop. It's so awesome. It's amazing. It's, it's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. That's all you had to say. In my mind, I think of what a man is. I already know. I think of Pulp Fiction. The white T-shirt and the leather jacket and the blue jeans. If I was if I was in good shape, I'd wear that every day. Man, that's a good blue outfit. Blue jeans, no belt, brown bomber jacket, white T-shirt. And whenever I got sweat stand, I'd buy a new white shirt. Too bad you'd be looking like Launchpad McQuack, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to get you a scarf, boy. <laughs> So we're watching that next Sunday, 2 p.m. I know it's Mother's Day. I know, Is it? I know it's Mother's Day. We're the worst. Dang, Gina. We'll, we'll see her after, dude. See her after? We got to record after. We'll record that night. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll take mom to see it. See Red Rum might get the... We might bring our mom dude, to see it. you might get the behind the scenes, the creator of the Red Rum Theater, dude. Shoot. Let's see if she's up, dude. That would be awesome. That'd be great. Dang, she'd be talking trash with the best of them, too. Oh, dude. But um, that's next week. If you can come out, come. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. So, as always, I'm Ernesto. And I'm Antonio. And we'll see you next week at the Red Rum Theater. Mm-hmm.